the Lord this morning. I'm going to take you uh, to the unexpected as we hear it given to us in the Lord, like that, like that food lion bag. You expect to get something cold out of there when you see a blue bag on your countertop, but to get a fuzzy little teddy bear, the unexpected. Uh, the word of the Lord today gives to us what is the unexpected, even as we live in times of the expected. Calendars changing from September to October. And with the change of the calendar comes cooler temperatures and comes the changing of leaves, the beautiful colors that we'll enjoy here in the Shenandoah Valley over these next weeks. We expect that, right? In fact, many of us are even longing for it and are waiting for it and, and can't, uh, can't wait for that beautiful scenery to be unfolded in the Lord's creation. But should we always expect the expected? Isn't life full of the unexpected. I share with you today from the, uh, the book of Habakkuk, or the Old Testament reading that Tony read for us. We don't spend much time in the book of Habakkuk as we move through the church year, so I wanted to take advantage of this for us this morning, and particularly because of what Habakkuk has to say in response to the Lord's activity and how the Lord responds to Habakkuk's expectations. If you have your Bibles with you and want to join me in the Old Testament reading, we'll start with the chapter 1, verse 1, where we hear this. Habakkuk says, uh, verse one, chapter 1, verse 2, he says, I call for help. He's speaking to the Lord God, right? I call for help, but you don't listen. I hmm. wonder how many voices went up in the last few days with Hurricane, Hurricane Ian, and we're asking that same thing. Hmm. I cry out to you, Lord, violence, but you don't save. I wonder how many Christians in the Ukraine are asking that question right now in the midst of escalating nuclear threats. Why do you make me look at injustice? I wonder how many of us asked that question just this week as events unfolded again in our country. Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Well, there's an answer that we would expect from the Lord God Almighty as he acts, both in the law and the gospel, both in judgment and in grace. Come on, Lord. Do your thing. You're God Almighty. I believe. I trust in you. You've called me into your kingdom. Now act on our behalf. And Habakkuk is asking these kinds of questions. Habakkuk lived during the time of Jeremiah. And you know what was going on in Jeremiah's time. You've got the, 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 uh, the Babylonians knocking at the doors of Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar is, is wanting them to pay homage to him as their God. And, and the people of Israel, guys like Jeremiah, prophets like Habakkuk, are refusing and saying, No, there's only one God that we pay homage to. He is the Lord God Almighty. Habakkuk was, was a man who loved the way of the Lord deeply, and he was steeped in those religious festivals, feasts, daily activities of Israelite life that had been forgotten in his day. And he's waiting for the Lord to respond and act in a way that would be expected, the way that Habakkuk at least expected. But the Holy Land, the Promised Land, the people of Judah, their hearts, Jerusalem, the city, was a barren waste. It was... Religiously, spiritually dead. But that's not what Habakkuk or Jeremiah 
expected. That a covenant people with the Lord God Almighty would turn their backs on him and be found dead in their relationship with him who had called them into this holy covenant. And yet, this is what the Lord God sees of his people. Destruction and violence are before me, Habakkuk says. What does that mean? Well, strife and conflict, they abound. Okay. Yeah, we can kind of expect that, I guess, Lord. And, therefore, the law is paralyzed. That means justice never prevails. Well, we see that around us all the time, Lord. I guess, is this what we can expect from you? The wicked hem in the righteous, and justice is perverted. This is not what I expect from a God who's called me into a relationship with him, who said he's going to be with me always, and who's working on my behalf. Why, then, is this what we are experiencing, Lord? Where are you? The cries of Habakkuk and God's people were raised to the heavens, waiting for him to act in the expected way God of Israel has shown himself in power. In might, in justice, and in love. But alas, the people are lying in waste. And I would venture to say that many of us today, as we hear this word of Habakkuk, would parallel our lives also to what Habakkuk and the Israelites were experiencing. Where are you, God? Renew, build up. Not by any political party or means. I'm not talking about that, are we? But we're talking about your sovereign power and grace and mercy that changes hearts and lives to be in tune with you, your ways, your justice, and your grace. This is what we expect from the God who's saved us. So work, Lord. Where are you? We find ourselves crying out. The Lord God, he told Habakkuk, I am going to act. I'm going to come and show myself to you, but doing so in a very unexpected way. And so the Babylonians came. And Nebuchadnezzar tore the walls of Jerusalem down. And he took the Israelites captive back to Babylon. And the Lord God told, would tell Habakkuk, and Jeremiah, and these prophets, there's going to be a period of time where it's going to seem like I'm not around. Seventy years, in fact. But when those 70 years are done, I'll expect the unexpected. I'll bring you back. I'll reclaim you as my own. And I will build up my kingdom in you once again. My revelation, the Lord says to Habakkuk, my revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. Yeah, 70 year, wait, but wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. (coughs) See, the enemy, he's talking about the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar. See, they're puffed up. Their desires are not upright. I know that. Wait. Wait for me to act. And lo and behold, in time, the Babylonian empire was routed and torn down and destroyed. And there's nothing even left of that empire today. God is faithful. He acts in ways that we might expect, but he acts in ways that we don't expect. 
Habakkuk and Jeremiah, the Israelites. Friends, even you and me learn that every day. And so the Lord God works in an unexpected way for us. At an appointed time, Paul said. At just the right time, the apostle says. God sent his one and only son. That Jesus, we know, born of the the Virgin Mary by the power of the Spirit, acting in a very unexpected way among us. We found that Christ child. We find him in in the manger. We see him growing up in the ways of the Lord, perfectly holy as the Son of God, and giving himself unexpectedly over to death for the sins of the whole world, yours and mine. And three days later, there were a group of people who went to that tomb. What did they expect to find? But a dead Lord lying there. They went to prepare his body for further burial rites after the Sabbath day. But here again, the Lord acts unexpectedly on our behalf. Jesus is risen. He's no longer bound by death. Sin has no mastery over him. The devil, he's been trampled under his feet. And the Lord Jesus, who rises to new life by his Father's power, gives to us an unexpected breath of life. An unexpected blessing in the kingdom. One that we share. He saved us. He's called us into a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. I wonder if Timothy was expecting to hear that from the Apostle Paul. Are you? But that's what we get from a God who loves us unto eternity. Nothing we deserve, but all that's unexpected from him is given to us. Indeed, he saved us. For Jesus has destroyed death, has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to bring you and me into an unexpected relationship than with Jesus, our Savior. He who forgives us our sins. He who welcomes you, me, even in those unexpected times of our fallen human nature, welcomes us into a relationship as we walk with him. Friends, brothers and sisters, infants and older alike, all of us together, bound in the unexpected grace of Of our Savior Jesus. The righteous person, the Lord God told Habakkuk, the righteous person, they'll live by their faith. That is most unexpected in the world in which we live, isn't it? The world doesn't expect people to live by righteousness or faith. What do they expect? In kind, retribution anger. Not you and me. The righteous person lives unexpectedly unto the Lord by faith. In this relationship with Jesus, of how it's lived out, that faith that Jesus even tells us, if you say to a mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, that faith that you've been given, that faith that Emerson and Ellis have been given, that faith is is what we live by That faith is what saves us and gives us that unexpected joy and gladness and pleasure of living in a world that wouldn't expect righteousness by faith 
through you and me. What that looks like for us, we hear again in 2 Timothy that the Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. In a world that loves to exercise power and is in a constant power grab kind of mode, what do we live by? That kind of worldly power or unexpected righteousness by faith? For a world that loves its own opinion, that owns kind of, of, of self-love, what do they expect from us? But the same. But no, for you and me, it's a righteousness that's lived by faith. And self-discipline? No. Self-righteousness. Self-gain. But not for you and me. Power, the spirit who loves us and lives within us, is to express the unexpected, miraculous might of the Lord God. People don't expect us to hold our tongue or express patience or kindness, the love of God in a situation that the world would expect a very different answer, but that's righteousness by faith in you and me, my friends. The power of God unexpectedly in you and me. And the love of God is to express the unexpected goodwill of the Lord God in the face of another opinion. When I want to respond with my own opinion, sometimes, that righteousness by faith that I've called into keeps myself in check as a witness unto him whose opinion only matters in my life. Mine doesn't matter. You're called a child of God, a brother and sister in Jesus. What matters from us is that righteous faith. Self-discipline is to express control over self through the unexpected life of serving, of service, of acting, living in the unexpected nature of giving myself to another, to the Lord. And at the end of the day, for all it's our duty, Martin Luther would put it this way, right? Thank and praise, serve and obey. Or as Jesus told us today, we simply give thanks, Lord God, for allowing us to do our duty. A righteousness by faith. Hmm. Most unexpected. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for working in us that unexpected grace of forgiveness and mercy in our lives. Like Ellis and Emerson have known today, we know too, Lord. And like they, as they grow up in this faith, so we too, Lord, growing and maturing in the righteousness of faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we have the opportunity to do and act in the way that you have in our lives, in the unexpected. Power and self-discipline, love, Lord. That's what marks us as your people. These most unexpected attributes in the world around us. Use us well, we pray, to glorify your name, to reflect that righteous faith that you've given to us in Jesus, that others will be connected to you, Lord, even through us. Thank you for first loving us, that we too love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, may the peace of God that passes our understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ the Lord, in Jesus our Savior. Unto him be the power and the praise and the glory 
and in you that unexpected righteous faith of Jesus Christ.